Hello everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes, how do they go about exploring it further. Now, today's episode is an in-between episode. I'm taking this term, borrowing this from the Tim Ferriss podcast, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, So basically, it's a slightly different episode in that instead of going into the details of a certain job per se, we'll be talking about certain things that you can do, which can really help steer your career in the direction that you want it to go in. And so what we'll be talking about today is how sharing your work and your opinions and your thoughts and your passions with the people around you either online or offline can really help over a period of time attract the kind of people that you want to work with build your tribe and open up a whole bunch of opportunities which might not open up otherwise and so our guest on today's show is someone who's done exactly that her name is Neetal Parekh and Neetal is the founder and CEO of Innovate Social that's spelled as I N N O V Eight, as in the, the digit eight social.com and innovate social is basically an initiative that shares a lot of tools and resources for anyone who is interested in the social impact space so whether that's social entrepreneurs or companies or individuals and she's also written a book on social entrepreneurship called 51 questions on social entrepreneurship and she also now hosts a series called impactathon it's an online speaker series again for those interested in the social impact space and so uh, through all of these different things Neetal has been able to cultivate a brand for herself in the social impact space. And the reason why this is really impressive is that she doesn't have a background in social impact. She's trained as a lawyer. She's a licensed attorney. But because of her interest, she started out with a blog. And today she is someone who is regularly invited for consulting engagements and speaker engagements and for attending conferences and facilitating panels. And all of these opportunities have opened up for her because she took the time to start a blog and share her thoughts and share her opinions and now today she is someone who is well regarded in the social impact space so i hope that you find today's discussion inspiring and hopefully some of you might start something today on your own after listening to this so uh, without further ado let's welcome neetal Hi, how are you? Hi, Sonali. Thanks so much for having me on your program. Oh, for sure. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. So we're at my place right now, Sunday evening. I feel very productive right now recording a podcast. So uh, yeah, Neetal, I mean, I think your story is really very inspiring because you come from a different background. I don't think anyone in your family really has has anything to do in the social impact space, but you've built a really strong brand for yourself. So take us back to the beginning. How did you develop an interest in the space? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I was born in the U.S. My family's all from India. And so we visited and I moved a lot. My dad's a civil engineer. So um, I think like move the, the, the combination of moving a lot and then also visiting India, we just saw so many realities that coexisted. So in India, you can see abject poverty, extreme wealth, all on the same street. Mm-hmm. And then you come back as a child and go to school here and you just see all of these things and you're trying to make sense. So I think from a young age, I just thought like, is there a way we can 
make improve things or make things more equitable or you know is that something i can do with my life like i mean or in some way so i think that seed was planted early like and then that thread has kind of continued throughout um my my high school and college years um in college i was involved with like a movement at ucla to get south asian studies as a minor and so even learning how movements work like we were a student movement so just kind of seeing that how even a few people with the right focus and the right, you know, um, and an empathetic approach can actually, and leadership can actually shift something massive. Mm-hmm. It planted, also, also kind of continued that, that, that seed started to grow a little bit. And then attending law school was really, um, was in between undergrad and law school, I had a chance to volunteer in Puj, um, in the state of Gujarat two years after a major earthquake had been there. Oh, that's right. Okay, Buj, that's B-H-U-J. Yes, right. correct, yeah, um, in, in Gujarat. And I think even that um, was really formative because a lot of the kids that were at the school that I was volunteering at had been directly impacted by the earthquake. Mm-hmm. Some of them had been orphaned. Some of them had survived. You know, like they had they had lived through this experience and, um, and we were part of their education. And mm-hmm. it was so, like, amazing. And even though, like... At that time, we were literally teaching out of mud huts. Like mm-hmm. now, it's this amazing school. It's one of the first yeah. pharmacy schools yeah. in the region. But um, it was such an enriching. It, I feel like I walked away with more, uh, you know, than I, I than I could yeah. give. Yeah. Um, but so I kind of carried that experience into law school and had a chance to study abroad in at the UN in Geneva. And I thought this was where I would want to like unpack my bags, you know, figuratively speaking. And this is where I would just kind of see the full circle of my interests in my work. But I also, as we met so many people from the UN and agencies, um, a lot of them, I could sense with some of them a sense of frustration at how long things mm. take. I call it institutional patience. It can require... <laughs> That's a good term. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I think I left that summer feeling like I'm not so sure, you know, like if that's the path that my my work will take me. Um, and so I, I was like, you know, now I'm not even sure about the area of law or where I fit into that space but I finished the degree and then I had this chance to move to the Bay Area and I think that really um, you know the San Francisco Bay Area with this focus on entrepreneurship and um, and working on big ideas and and kind of that this momentum it kind of started connecting dots in my head so I think you using that legal background um, and looking at how that could connect with um, impact and entrepreneurship that became this like triangle of focus and so I was working at a legal website for a few years and I was doing I had never blogged before and wrote 400 blog posts over the course of the time that I was there so when I oh, left so you were blogging for them yes I was I blogging for them and managing online communities things that I didn't know much about so it built a skill set so when I left there with this leap of faith to kind of see what I could do in the impact space um a blog was a natural thing to start. So Innovate Social started as a blog. This was a long way to say that it started as a blog. And I started it in 2011, which was the year that California was looking at two new legal structures for social enterprise. So um, I had this great conversation with my sister. I had, you know, left my work. I was working on this. I connected with this group that was kind of um, organizing the the efforts to, to have this new legislation called the Benefit Corporation and what is now the Social Purpose Corporation. So one of the organizing groups was B-Lab. And okay. so I connected with them online or on LinkedIn or something. And I had a conversation and they said, you know, we have these hearings in Sacramento. 
you don't, you know, you can just tune in online and, you know, catch us. So I said, that's great. I hung up the phone. I said, I'm going to tune in online. My sister said, why don't you just go? Like, yeah, this yeah. is what you're trying to do. Yeah. So I did. I went, I went to a few hearings and um, the blog started kind of as a way to hold myself accountable that I'm witnessing the legislative process oh. and also to kind of report back. So it started in those ways. So if you look back at the oh. earliest posts, these I are see. following each of so the this was, So you said this is in 2011. Yeah. And you were still at your law I left. I left the um, the website, the so legal website. So you left website. the firm. So were you working on this full time? Yes. Or? Yes. Oh, wow. So, you were? so I okay. just, I kind okay. of took this leap of faith to see what can I do in this space? What can I create here? You okay. Know? Okay. Um, so, uh, and so just, just quick this thing. So um, did you specialize in, in law? Like was there certain specialization you know uh, with my work in international I that was my intention was to focus mm-hmm. on international but a lot of specialization happens with your work experience so mm-hmm. I clerked at a firm but that was de- focused on medical like defending physicians and hospital hearings okay. Okay. so it was a very specific field and mm-hmm. I worked there for like a couple of years I mm-hmm. think um, but it wasn't like I then I, at the end I wasn't specialized I was kind of a generalist I wasn't specialized yeah. in that not necessarily international so. the, the reason I ask is that uh, I think for a lot of us right your education uh, I, I guess this is the fault of I don't know the education system or just how we were brought up I have no idea but your education is not really what you end up doing later on which I think is sort of the case with you also which is that you're not really doing anything or at least your passion for social impact doesn't have anything to do with law per se it's more the social impact space yeah i think that's a great point and i think what we can do in those situations is is pull out the salient like skill sets that we're using from that so you know you can from law a lot of my myself and some of my um, classmates from law school aren't practicing but they can say that they ha- that they have um like they can they're they can be reason reasoning based or logic based mm. for me my um, my experience in law gave me a window into understanding the legal structures, but my inexperience or my my lack of practice gave me a chance to explain that to non the non legal community. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like it's my one of my responsibilities a little yeah. bit is to to be able to take my my learning and my mm-hmm. background in law and my study of it and be able to um, kind of relay that to groups that may never wish to study law, <laughs> may ne- but need to know enough to be actionable in okay. their, in yeah, their yeah. work. So, and yeah. explain it in, in, in layman's language, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so going back to your to your blog then. Um, so you started Innovate Social, from what you're describing, in the beginning you were just you were trying to relay so certain legislations that were going on in California at the time. So... Um, Walk us through that thought process when you decided to start a blog. So you said that you were already blogging for your website. So that was the experience that you built upon. But did you, was there anything that you were concerned about? Did you hesitate about anything? You know, yeah, definitely. I just, you know, even coming up with the name Innovate yeah. Social, I mean, all yeah. those little things when you're starting something, you have to make so many big dis- like decisions that seem small, but that will affect everything that you do. Mm-hmm. So the name is still there, you know, yeah. five plus years later. So those How do things, you decide the name? Um, you know, social innovation is a term that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's funny because now I'm using the word social impact a lot more, but at that time, and so it's a very long term to write out. So it was almost like taking those words kind of turning them around and then finding a way to make it like... So that's how you do the... Yes, the innovate. Yeah. So yeah. innovate, social. And yeah. it's a kind of... It's also like a call to action. Innovate, social, you know? Yeah. So I kind of like that. Um, on If I had to be honest, I would say 
if you're thinking about starting a website, think really hard about having a number in it because it can be very confusing because yeah. it's Innovate Social, but I have to tell people it's I-N-N-O-V-8 Social. Yeah, yeah. So it's something where in hindsight, maybe like it's, you know, it's, it would have been better to write it out or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe do it CO or yeah, something. Yeah. But that's something where, you know, you learn through to doing it. Experience yeah, and yeah, mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And I think uh, one thing which a lot of people, I think, uh, struggle with as far as sharing uh, something that they're passionate about is concerned is that, you know, you're pretty much an amateur when you start out, right? And you're always worried about being embarrassed or people thinking like, seriously, what are you doing? Like, I I had this thing with the podcast that, you know, why is Sonali starting a podcast, right? So did that something, uh, did that plague you? or Yes, absolutely. There's this uh, thing about like, who am I? Who am I to be like doing this work? Or like there are these people that I'm you know talking to interviewing who have deep experience in this so I think definitely it's it's something that um that is I think a lot of us feel and I think maybe it's healthy like a dose of that to always feel that way and I think even now as I talk to social entrepreneurs and I'm sure for you in your work too there's always this feeling but maybe if we reframe it it keeps us so curious and so excited um and that's why actually my tagline for the first four years of my work was innovate social, exploring social innovation. So that word exploring, I think kind of released me. Like it said, it says we're going on a journey, join us, like kind of thing. So it's not like I'm not an expert. I'm just exploring this. Yes. That's very helpful, right? So you, you try and change the perspective a little bit and that, that probably makes everyone else also more accepting of what you're doing. Exactly. And I think there's something really powerful about the, the beginner mindset. There's like, studies done and work done that sometimes when you're a beginner in a field you can be more creative because you don't know the limits or the bounds or the the long history it's i mean at some point those are really important things but i think that's one of the benefits we can bring to the space so for me i was looking at this legal structure looking at these new things and so interested and excited and trying to connect the dots so i felt like if that's something i can bring to the space and share with the space then that's actually you know, a positive thing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for anyone that's thinking about starting something, um, don't maybe think about your your vantage point as actually maybe one of your strengths, the mm-hmm. beginner mindset. And as long as, you know, you don't need to start day one and call yourself an expert. In fact, in many fields, I think the most knowledgeable or learned people don't even use those people, words. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. when you hear the guru or the, you know, um, all those words, it's, yeah. they can be distracting because yeah. if you, you know, you can tell by if they know yeah. something. Yeah. And then, um, and the other um, tip I would have, when you when you do put your name out there behind something, and that's the other big thing, and yeah. it's it takes some courage, courage. to do that because yeah. that means anyone that knows you will say, oh, why, why are they starting? Yeah, yeah. You know, or, or yeah, you know, exactly. just that kind of... But what you start doing is inadvertently you start saying that you're interested in this. So Mm -hmm. people will reach out to you and they will Mm -hmm. because they might have found a post that you wrote or they may have a question that you had Mm -hmm. or they see. And so you will start building a community just by virtue of you doing the thing that you are interested in. And so that becomes a very interesting thing. I've gotten... I've been walking my dog and gotten a random call from someone and said, hey, like, are you doing this? Can you help organize a panel call? Or even we connected yeah. in this way. So they're unexpected. But when you put your call, when you put your calling card out there and you yeah. put your name behind something, it can also lead to some organic exactly. kinds yeah. of I mean, no, that, I mean, that's exactly, I think that's the key benefit that I wanted to talk about. So um, tell us a little bit about 
when you, when you started Innovate Social, did you have a, a plan, so to say, that this is what I want Innovate Social to be? You know, a lot of things have happened very organically. So I think I've had this vision and I wonder, even at the beginning, using that tagline exploring was, how do you make this space more actionable? Because something that as I was um, exploring the space and learning more, I noticed a few things. One is that a lot of the work happens in silos. So there's amazing work happening, but it's like not necessarily connected. Um, The other is that as I learned more and more about legal structures and the business models and um, and measurement um, impact measurement and investing model impact investing, I also realized that there can be a paralysis of analysis. That there can be so much information that the person that's trying to make a decision now just can feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. rather than feeling empowered. And so I said, what what can I do to kind of help that? Because okay. I think for me, it's always been like what can you do to be like actionable? So I think with that framework, it also would make, it also helped me because I wasn't coming from a university setting or I wasn't coming because I had a program that I was selling. I was able to say, hey, I can interview everyone or I can, can I can like research everything and then report back on what is actionable. So are you interested in a fellowship program? Great, let's create a, po- okay. a, a post of fellowship programs. And, you know, and without I having see. to say, I don't I want see. to mention this or I can only mention this. And so, so but, but this is interesting, right? So going back to, let's say you're a beginner and you're interested in, let's say you're interested in photography, right? And you want to do something around photography and you're trying to figure out, okay, what should I do? So in your case, like taking a cue from what you just said, uh, you identified an area where there was a need for something. So, for example, you, you said that people want some actionable advice in this case. And so you would you would try and get whatever things you could find and just start creating posts on that. Yeah, yeah. So that's how, it, you know, like I should just started doing posts. And if you think of um, in startup, in the startup space, there's this idea of a minimal viable mm-hmm. product. You put something out there, get feedback. So actually, if you're a blogger, if you start it as a blog or you start in a very lean way, you can think of each post as its own MVP. Mm -hmm. So as you're testing out, it's a way to test out content. It's a way to test out timing. There's so many variables that you can actually be testing that each is not just, even though a lot of these things can take some time to figure out a monetization strategy. So I would say I had taken a leap and, you know, and, and, and it's, and, you know, it's, it's, that can be challenging. It's great to take a leap and then a hundred percent be part of starting something, but to monetize it at some point, you may have to balance it with something else. But in that space of, of, uh, of just dedicating yourself, you can really try to learn as much as you can. So about what, you know, what others are doing, what your voice in the space is, what people resonate with. I, it was very humbling because some posts I would spend hours on would kind of, you know, just, just be like simple, not, not too much. And then, you know, some posts that I just whipped out in a half an hour, just, Content-wise, it yeah. was people yeah. what people wanted. And that post that I mentioned about um, fellowship programs has remained the single most popular post in six years or five wow. years. Yeah. So it just showed me also, it that told me so many things that that people wanted, that the space is growing so much that people want those actionable yeah. things. Yeah. And that helped inform my idea of writing a book is because I it see. said, okay, people want this. How can I, so that's why the book is 51 questions. It's very actionable. It, I was able to look at the, all the past blog posts. I worked with a um, with a team member to actually um, drill down the statistics mm-hmm. on each mm-hmm. blog post and make sure that the top blog posts that were shared and viewed, those questions were somehow addressed in the book. So okay. it, one thing can inform the other as well okay. when you okay. start creating content. All right, so so many questions. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, first of all, um, 
tell us a little bit about you know maybe maybe the first time when um someone may have reached out to you just to say uh that hey neetha I, i love what you're doing I, i like i just want listeners to get a feel for how how gratifying it can be when mm-hmm. you actually make something and share it and someone appreciates yeah, it yeah well um if you remember I, it yeah i i'm trying to think of the very first one and i don't know when the very first one was but one really memorable one is which one i alluded to is i was i get, i get this call and i'm walking my dog and someone um who's now a good friend of mine barb kraus barb if you're listening hello um but she you know she just said hey uh, are you neetha and i said you know i was like oh, oh yeah you know maybe we had emailed so i gave her my number and she was part of this um a german american business association and they were doing this talk at kiva and she was saying hey i found your blog and your resources um do you know anyone that can be on this panel and would you like to cover it mm-hmm. and um and so that was and we've had this great relationship since then it's been amazing she's just such a rock star in the social yeah, impact space yeah. now works at singularity like, university how did you feel it was it's so it's just like it's like this is you know there's so much the Simon Sinek TED talk is about the why yeah. and i feel like whenever that's we create that's a great create... TED talk by the way for listeners you check it out Simon S I N E K it's a great TED talk yes yeah. totally agree yeah. um but in all of this you think why create content like so much there's so much content already there everything we've said has probably been said so whenever you go to create content there's some why there's something that you want to maybe help with or you want especially if it's something that you're passionate about so when some when you get this feedback and someone comes back and says yes like i found it and this was helpful to me in this way another story which is great is um i get this you know with our facebook um pages like you know it's sometimes i those messages you don't always see them because they're kind of in a different feed but i i one day caught up on a message that was um uh, had had been a few weeks and it was someone a professor at Santa Clara Law mm-hmm. University of Law and she said you know I teach this um international course and I came across your post and would love for you to come and speak in my class yeah, and I spoke amazing. at her yeah. class in for like yeah. two years in a row we are also kind of yeah. friends now and um and you know and so I think um those little things kind of remind us like this is why like this is why we do you know yeah. so. no and i think what's really impressive is um uh, i really want to highlight for our listeners is that it's not like this is what you studied it's not that this is what your sort of degree is in it's just something that you're really interested in and it is through that blog that all of these different mm-hmm. opportunities materialize right so i mean if you want you can do it so uh, how long did it take for innovate social to become this thing that people are just regularly finding and you know reaching out to I mean I would say it's still a journey because um like so I think some people it's on their radar and they mm-hmm. come across it um some have never heard of it in fact actually going to these fellowship programs uh, I went to two fellowship programs in the past year starting block and um high global leaders I've done new leaders council so um going to this fellowship program is around people who are all change makers or social entrepreneurs it was very humbling that most of them hadn't heard of innovate social and i mm. thought wow these are the people who are literally looking yeah, for these yeah. topics so i think it's it's really varied so um so yeah i would say even within like maybe in the first 6 to 8 months people even if it was just one person that mentioned it or something you know that they came across it and now i just get different um people find it in different ways mm. um and so i get more of those request to be on the podcast or um request to connect and things like that. So I think um yeah, I think that's a great part of it and then you just have to figure out where that fits in because yeah, yeah. there's only limited time and you know No, absolutely. Yeah. And can you share some of the things that you may have done um to 
sort of get the word out about your blog. Mm-hmm. So you started blogging, right? And then um, let's say once you had a couple of posts in, did you do anything? Um, another great thing is to um, is to create a social media presence. So if you think about content uh, as being um, as having a shelf life, so that in that like once as soon as you start blogging or podcasting, you can create accounts and actually find ways to um, to like distribute that or um, syndicate it, as I would say, through your different channels. And mm-hmm. so you. One thing that I learned from um, listening to Gary Vaynerchuk, who is mm-hmm. a great mm-hmm. um, social media um, kind of speaker yeah. and an educator and whatnot, is that you can never assume that your audience is, is where you are and you have to go where your audience is. So I think like we think, oh, people will find it in a tweet or they'll mm-hmm. come to our blog. We can't assume that. Mm-hmm. They may find it on LinkedIn. They may find it on Tumblr. So now there are some tools that you can use to automate or kind of, you know, as soon as I post, you know, um, there's a great website called If This Then That. Mm-hmm. So if you say, as soon as I post, then tweet it out or get, and then you can repeat some of those things over I time. See. So I think um, that's another thing is that even though you're creating wonderful content, it's up to us a little bit as a content creators to also be the syndicators, like mm-hmm. to finding out ways to kind of, and, and the distributors of that content. Right. And so did, are the, can you share some things that uh, you found worked for you? Yeah, like I think, um, you know, Twitter is great and mm-hmm. using hashtags is really helpful. Um, you know, Facebook can be great, if especially if you start out with your own network and then mm-hmm. build a page and all that. Instagram is also randomly really great. I mean, it's, you know, at least through images, but um, it's a great way to start kind of building that. Um one thing that wasn't as popular or wasn't around possibly is Medium, but you can also now kind of maybe yeah. post excerpts or yeah. cross post on Medium. Um, Pinterest is around, so you can, if you have interesting things that you can pin, mm-hmm. these are all in each of these audiences, though they're overlapping, are also a little different. They're also a little unique. Tumblr has yeah. its own following. Yeah. So these are all things that, um, that like you know if you can find a way to plug in into that um and share your content there you'll you, get it out there yeah yeah, yeah 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 no definitely although like i i struggle a lot with it because it's just like there's so much time that you spend in just creating the podcast mm-hmm. so, like in my case it's the podcast but then it's, it's like a whole you can spend a lot of time on social media so you have to be careful with how you do it yeah um, absolutely one another area that i think will be interesting to talk about is that when you started the blog or maybe and, and you said that you know somewhere along the line you figure out the need for a book also what were the sort of big challenges you face and I, and I, again I don't want to focus so much on the you know the challenges of a blog but more like you know someone who's trying to find her feet in this new thing that I'm interested in what are the kind of issues you faced mm-hmm. that's a great question um so I think one of the things that can be challenging, especially if you're passionate about something, is when you're passionate, you're driven to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. But finding the balance between like doing some between a passion project and let's say a business, mm-hmm. I think that line is very um, is really important because one may not be the other or one may not be the other yet. And so you have to kind of find that balance mm. of like, is this something that you're passionate about? You'll do anyway, whether you yeah. get paid or not. And that's great to yeah. know. Yeah. But are you trying to build this as a business? And what does that mean? What are the metrics that you're following? What is the growth pattern that you're seeing? Yeah. Are you kind of being analytic about this? Are you looking for funding? How are you structured? Mm. All of those things can be 
like if you're if you're passionate about those are things that you that are secondary you don't yeah. want to think yeah. about those yeah. things yeah. you just yeah. want to think about the content but if that's the what you want to um you want to grow into then i think so I think there's this kind of polarity so that you point. have to yeah. so how did you think about that and actually are you one way or the other well i so i um so i think that's i i definitely thought about a lot of those things i um do consulting now um so that that helps but i also picked up different jobs i've had like you know i've or you know worked everything from like retail to a few startups i have a full-time role um and and in the in between those periods and sometimes leaving those things in order to focus full time it's so sometimes it's been full time and it's allowed me to create a lot of content and then sometimes it's been in the back burner and i have found ways to automate or keep it going mm-hmm. so i think for me um in this space that i'm very passionate about is still a growing space and i'm not like i'm a social entrepreneur but i'm like it's not like i have a the business model is more around the e- building the ecosystem mm-hmm. which i have found it's harder to explain or you have to be more creative about explaining that and showing the value in it to get the but you are growth. trying to build a business yes, model yes so I, yes so yes okay. so that's my i see this is the vision i see, see. in my head okay. and but i know but it's evolved over a period of time right? i mean yes, now it's been yeah. what 6 years for you yes seven? and in the past year a lot of growth happened so we re i mean all of the blog was on blog we completely relaunched it we kind of built it more of as a as a platform created an online course published the book hosted the first live event impactathon yeah. that all happened after i had worked at a startup i left that in order to kind of build take those skill sets and mm. apply it to my own work or the work of innovate social and a lot of amazing things happen you know yeah. so yeah so tell us a little bit more about this because this is so interesting right that you i mean you're getting consulting engagements you're getting speaker engagements how did all of that happen um i think a lot of it it's it's a combination of luck being like showing up and also um and also raising your hand i think mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so i think um so some of it is you know um is is fortuitous so that that's let's say we just okay. leave that part yeah, out whatever yeah um the other part is showing up you go to events you you like you know you i there have been times i've driven to san francisco or sacramento i've driven even to la for things because they are interesting and i i feel like like i want to be part of that you know mm-hmm. so in that then you start seeing some of the same people or you okay you know i think um like what we do in our interviews is also a great first step because it's an icebreaker in some ways like yeah. you get to have this great conversation with someone you get to continue that by sharing it on each other's mm-hmm. networks and so it's a starting point and the other thing is raising your hand so if there's an opportunity i sometimes say hey i would love to be considered or like if you mm-hmm. need anyone for this But i would love to how would you learn about these opportunities so if you see anything related to your um space um as a content creator i started out by sometimes saying can i um can i cover the event have a press pass mm-hmm. so there's a whole area of press passes and a lot of times for bloggers and podcasters they oh, love really? i they, should know yes that. you should know <laughs> so they love bloggers and podcasters to come because okay. um they're there's a certain, they know that that has a certain weight so you can always email and say by chance do you have a press pass could okay. i come and cover the event you know so i think that's something I, i didn't learn that for the first two years but um then i realized wow this this can be you sometimes you have to show some of them will say can we see your numbers or something yeah, like that but yeah. you can figure out a way to position that can you share the kind of numbers they like to see you know like I, a minimum i i don't actually know what the minimum i think that it's more and i think actually I wouldn't get too caught up on the numbers. I would try to show your value, especially if you're in a niche field. 
in that value. So if you say like, oh, there's only a handful of podcasts and we are, our audience is growing. Like, I think if they push you a lot on the numbers, it may not be like, they may not see the value of, because again, we have a long shelf life. Mm. We could be growing and they're part of that community. So sometimes if they press a lot on that, I feel like maybe like either I didn't do a good job of showing the Mm. value or maybe like they're not looking for this Mm. level. They're looking for, you know, something, you know, else or you know they have a different thing in mind so it's so actually this is a great great point right that you went for a lot of these events and you kept at it for a long period of time and as you said raised your hand Mm -hmm. which uh helped then these opportunities come to you exactly and uh, some of these engagements if you don't mind sharing uh like speaker engagements as an example are they paid uh you know now there are some more and now actually now that i've been in this space um long enough i i think i like, and actually, I worked with a business coach myself, which is a great thing to do. And I realized, like, um, even in working with a business coach, I'll never be a business. This will never grow as a business if everything is is not valued. Like, mm-hmm. if, I, if yeah. not that it's not valued, but if the value is that it's free, you free. know? Yeah. So I yeah. think now as there's a little bit more on the expertise, or I've almost met so many people that, like, I know that what I'm saying is valuable because they say that. Now I try to, I will ask, you know, if even if they are expect, you know, if they're expecting it to be um, offered, um, you know, as a volunteer basis, I'll ask if they can cover costs. I'll, you know, yeah. I, I it, and that was it. Took it take a lot because I love doing yeah. it, yeah. but I realized it. You will never grow into that business yeah. if yeah. you know, and especially if. Well, and I think I also now ask not just for me, but for all the other social entrepreneurs because, like, um, they'll they will never if if I just do it for free that person won't be valued either yeah, down the line. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I think that there has to be, after some time, we also value our work. Yeah. And now even, I think I a lot of that shifted even after the book came out because I know like authors, like I value authors so mm-hmm. much too. So it doesn't make sense now to just, like I feel like it's a, it would be a dis, maybe it's somewhat a disservice yeah. to other people who are also trying to create their space. No, and, absolutely. You know, so, yeah. no, and, and I've heard this, that uh, it's only when you price what you do the person who's buying what you're doing, they tend to value what you're doing a lot more simply because they paid money. So this is like a psychological connection. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I, I noticed that even with my business coach, I had such a wonderful relationship with her, but it wasn't that she volunteered to do it. So we had a relationship that she, I valued her work and I think she delivered that value. And I, yeah. it's a, you know, it's something I still get out of. So now I feel like, um, I also want that. I want someone to say, not, that you love what you're doing, it's for free, but no, we want to learn from you and we yeah. want that to be a value exchange. So yeah. I think it's it's okay to do that. Yeah. For anyone yeah. that's listening, um, and many people learn this lesson yeah. much sooner than I did, but um, but definitely know, you know, know your yeah. value and, and yeah. it's it's good to like exercise that, yeah. you know. Uh, have you consciously thought about the brand that you want to cultivate for you? Because um, actually, uh, do you think that in your case, and I think this is true for a lot of people who are like, you know, starting someone who's trying to do something on the side, do you try and cultivate your brand as Neetal Parik or as Innovate Social? That's a great thing. I think um, we're in an age when we're always building our personal brand. You don't even know it, but you still, if you're on LinkedIn and posting nothing, that's part of your We're personal brand. brand yeah. You're all, so what the great thing is when you're starting something, you get to like have that be part of your personal brand. And usually if you've started it, something intrinsic is already part of your brand. So I feel like, especially in those moments when I was, um, I didn't have another role and I was fully on Innovate Social, I kind of championed my brand as even personally. So it was Innovate Social, but I shared it on my personal LinkedIn and you know sometimes on yeah. my personal Facebook because I realized 
if there's any brand I do want to be associated with, it's this. And then what's been really great is as I have taken on full-time roles, this is already part of my brand. So now I don't need to hide it. Or you don't need to hide it's it. It's almost yeah, the yeah. reason why yeah. I'm selected, you yeah. know, so yeah. um, for things. But that's, that's another good point to highlight, right? Like these kind of things for certain employers can be a, a great asset. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so what is your brand? Have you thought about it? Yeah, I think it's this idea of um, making things like making things actionable, especially with impact related. So I feel like that's, if that was the the simple version is how mm-hmm. do you kind of make uh, social, social impact space more mm-hmm. actionable um, and empower people to engage in the space. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of, um, it, it fits well with, with where I'm kind of my interest in the space. So I, I that again, doesn't position me as the know all be all. Um, that, that's not my, like, it's not my forte, but it is says, what can we learn from kind of, understand the like the interesting points and then turn it around and make it like okay. yeah. and you know um digestible did it take a while for you for you to figure out what your brand should be yeah yeah and in fact i would say in the last year like with all of the with the shift from the blog to the platform um i changed the byline so instead of being exploring social innovation i felt that was too it was too broad now i needed something more like action more action oriented so we it switched to reach your impact potential. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. that was suddenly yeah. something because it was also something that I think about all the time. Am I reaching my impact yeah. potential? Is Innovate Social reaching its yeah. impact potential? So it's almost like um, this idea that we all have this potential to create impact. And then if someone says, oh, you have this potential, someone the next question is, am I reaching it? Or how yeah. can I reach okay. it? And I think that okay. almost fit more with I this see. new with the new platform. Yeah. So uh, can you share uh, some something very unexpected door that opened up for you or some opportunities that came your way solely because of this work that you've been doing which you wouldn't have thought of when you started out I have two stories for this so one is there was um, it's been amazing to meet people like you Mm -hmm. um, in this space there's another wonderful podcaster in the social impact space his name is Tony Lloyd and he has the social entrepreneur podcast and he started um, about it's I think a year he's maybe been podcasting for just for oh, maybe a year and a half or so. But, you know, um, like the social impact space, I feel like we are looking at it and thinking, how else can we collaborate? How can we make business different? And I feel like he embodied that for me because he's been in the business space, Fortune 500 companies for like his whole career. And then he started this podcast. And instead of even though we both interview very similar people, I think now we've even interviewed some of the same people at different times. He's been such a, he's reached out and been so supportive and encouraging and he didn't have to, that didn't have to be the case, I think. So we've interviewed each other for our podcast. He um, emailed me one earlier this summer and he said, hey, you know, I was going to be, um, have a press pass at this event called the Global Entrepreneurship Summit, which I hadn't heard of at the time. Mm-hmm. And he said, I can't make it. He's based in Minnesota. He said, would you want to, would you want to see if oh, we can be, yeah, if you yeah. want to take the press pass? I ended up applying for my own press pass, but, but learning about it through him, which I hadn't learned. Yeah. And I had a chance to cover the event, see President Obama speak. Wow. Yeah. And I thought like, it also just reminded me like, like if we are embodying what our message is like, like the fact that he was so open about that, like he could have said, I can't make it. I'm not going to tell anyone else and good luck to you, you know, but it wasn't that. So I think that was one, um, like a really kind of formative story for me. Um, and then the other one is this new full-time role that I'm in now. Um, it's, it came about very organically through, um, my supervisor now was a, an entrepreneur. We were at the same co-working space together. So when I was publishing the book, I would walk around getting user feedback from, you know, um, from, on the cover designs. 
And I remember uh, approaching him, and a lot of people just said, "Okay, I like this one or I like that one." He gave me a litany of really helpful, wow. like yeah. you know, kind of. You um, can see that person is really invested. Is really invested, and yeah. he came to my book launch. So you know, when he um, told me about this new role and he had joined a company, I didn't ever have to worry that like I had to hide this part of myself in fact that was the part that he knew me from mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. so i think that was a really um, a special connection as well so. no that that's a great story and uh, yeah again like that's sort of the message of this episode that these amazing things happen so in, in your opinion what do you think holds back people from because i think almost everyone is interested in something or the other right like what do you think holds them back I think a lot of times when we have, especially if we've had a very professional career, like in a company, there's not many spaces that you can kind of create your own brand when you're at something, when you're mm-hmm. in full-time in something. For me, I noticed anyway. I noticed that um, I didn't think about starting this when I was part of a much larger company. Mm-hmm. So I, I think um, if you are in a, a larger company and you're trying to test something out, Maybe there's other creative ways you can do it. You can kind of not post it anonymously, but you can start out in that way. And then if there's a moment when you're not part of something and you can kind of then attach yourself to that brand, um, that can be helpful. And I think a lot of people, um, they may kind of, they may feel shy to mm-hmm. put themselves out there. And I think mm-hmm. that's something you have to kind of figure out and you can find ways to navigate mm-hmm. that yeah. by starting small yeah. or maybe using a, like, you know, pseudonym or like, so, yeah. do, you know, or maybe yeah. doing a team approach. So that way. And then the other thing is I think people may feel overwhelmed by if I start this, then I have to regularly post or, yeah. you know, and I think, you may, but I think if you just starting is the biggest thing, like, mm. you know, then you can figure out everything else because everything is an experiment. So you could start it and say, you know, I, I really like the idea mm-hmm. of it, but I really just like it for what I'm like for myself, yeah, not yeah. for sharing. Or you might say, you know, it might take a little time, but I'm going to set a goal of writing a hundred blog posts in a, in a year or, or maybe a year mm-hmm. and a half and, mm-hmm. or some, something like that. It's a great so, idea. Yeah. Like, did, did you, did you set goals for yourself? You know, when I was, um, when I was working at full time, like it took me a wa- long time to work on different posts. So I kind of said, I want to create something every day. So for a while I was trying to create oh, okay. a, a, every day when I was, um, and then, and now it's just shifted because trying to keep it going and, you yeah. know, and then you find efficiencies and you can build a team and all that yeah, kind of stuff yeah. too. All right, Beetle, this was really, really helpful. No, seriously, because uh, I, I really do think that when you start putting yourself out there, it takes a little bit of courage at the beginning, but it can help you so much. Uh, if nothing else, you just you just feel happier. Yeah. Uh, right? Thank you, Nathan. Thank you so much. All right, so that was Neetal. I really, really hope that you found today's discussion helpful and maybe even inspiring. And hopefully it will prompt you to start sharing your own thoughts online or offline with people around you. Of course, if you have any questions at all for Neetal or for me, you can email us at hello at learneducatediscover.com or tweet at us at LED underscore curator. If you enjoyed today's discussion as much as I did, you should subscribe to the podcast. Simply search for Learn, Educate, Discover on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or whatever your favorite player of choice is. Search for Learn, Educate, Discover, hit subscribe and while you're at it, leave us a review. Honestly, it means a lot. It makes my day and it really helps with the ranking. So please leave a review. It really just takes 30 seconds. I counted it. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learn, educate, discover. And you can find our website at learneducatediscover.com where you'll find notes from various episodes, list of all the past episodes, as well as other helpful resources. 
So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your time. And until the next one, bye bye.